Ryan. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. After the play was over, unsportsmanlike conduct. This is the Press Box. Offense number 17. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Defense number 57. With Graney and Bischoff. Personal foul. Offense number 73. Personal foul. Offense number 76. On ESPN Las Vegas. All penalties offset. Fourth down. A lot of personal fouls with us, I'll tell you what, but we're at a Friday, reached the end of the week. It's ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. It's Ed, Tyler, Jared. We'll start off with some football. The first bite. Who is playing running back for the Ravens in week one? Jamal Lewis. He's coming back. He's 48. <laughs> and he might be the best guy. They must. Be, he might be the best guy they have right now. Remember when Brandon Jacobs literally came out of retirement? Three years uh, after retirement, ran the football 40 times, and then was like, all right, I'm done again. I was going to say Ray Lewis, but ouch. So we'll stay with Jamal. Did Adrian Peterson officially retire? He got he, on a roster? I'm not sure, no, but you know what? Not. I'm not sure, but he was listed on all the Yahoo Fantasy leagues. <laughs> well, so he was. I, was like, I, I go, God, I hope someone drafts that so guy. I don't think he's on a team. Ladanian Tomlinson for like 10 years. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Who's, I felt bad yesterday. Did you? I felt bad. So the Ravens lost three <sighs> running backs in the preseason. Like we were like the Ravens got criticized. We did it a little bit for J.K. Dobbins playing in a preseason game. Granted, the game he got hurt in. I think he played one series. I think it was the only time he touched the ball in that preseason game. But like it was like, hey, what are you doing playing these guys in a game that doesn't matter? But now you look around and the Ravens, not only do they lose Dobbins, then they lost their number three guy coming into Justice the season, Hill. Justice Hill. And then they lost their number two guy, who was going to be the number one, in Gus Edwards. And they lost him like four days before the season starts. And now they're left with Tyson Williams, who is the rookie. And then they have added Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, and I'm forgetting one, Dante uh, Freeman. Dante or, Freeman. Yeah. Dante Freeman. Dante Freeman. Yeah. That's their running back group now. Now. We have seen Latavius Murray have really good seasons in the NFL. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell's had really good seasons in the NFL. So there is some experience in that backfield, but I don't know who's carrying the ball for this team. Is it just yes, you do. Lamar Jackson? It's the guy taking the snap. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what the prop is on the over-under for carries, but that guy might have about 42 on Monday night. If he doesn't catch COVID for the eighth time. It's true. <laughs> If he gets here, if he gets, yes, will he be on the field? If he gets here, did he do uh, his clear app? If, <laughs> yes. If, if Lamar Jackson does not play, and you're down to these running backs, Raiders are man, two point dogs now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> four to two. I think this is going to be a pretty good example as to whether or not running backs matter at all, <laughs> like at all. What if the Ravens win twenty three to thirteen? Right. If the Ravens walk in here and and they have they rush for like two hundred and fifty yards, and it's like whatever, like Tyson Williams has seventy five and mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell or Latavius Murray has like sixty two or something like that then we're absolutely looking around saying running backs do not matter. Or if they rush for seven total and they still win this, like, well, they really don't matter because they didn't even have to hand them the ball. They still won 23 yes. to 13. If Lamar it's runs like, for yeah, 200 yes, by himself, exactly. yes. then yeah, no. Well, why did we use first we round pick guy? on a running back a couple years ago? Uh, that was dumb. So i fascinated to see what exactly the Ravens do. My guess is that Tyson Williams is going to be the main guy just because he's been there? Yeah. I mean, you know, I... 
Le'Veon's obviously a veteran who can come in and kind of probably pick things up, but yeah, Tyson Williams been there the whole time. You have to start him. I mean, you might be bad in the beginning and they go to Le'Veon at some point, but yeah, I think Tyson Williams has to be the starter. The other thing with the Ravens is over the last few years, they have used two and three running backs throughout games, throughout seasons. Like, it's it was Mark Ingram, but even that year, Mark Ingram had like a thousand yards with the Ravens. Gus Edwards had a really good season as well, so they're going to use more than one of these running backs. I guess it's just a matter of how comfortable the Ravens are with you know Le'Veon Bell or Latavius Murray having picked up the playbook and knowing what they're supposed to be doing. Because otherwise, you take the ball and you run. Like that's at the end of the day. Yeah. That's hey. They're going to have to have a linebacker account for Lamar Jackson, so this should be easier for you. As long as you can pick, pick up some pass protection and know what audible Lamar Jackson is calling to, you should be good to go. So I think it, it obviously it hurts the Ravens, but I don't know that it's going to have a big impact on the game. These were such freak things. First of all, I had never heard, I don't know if you had, I'd never heard, because um, they lost Marcus Peters as well, I've never heard back-to-back plays like blowing right. so That was like... Like, yeah, that, that's, not, that's not even real. That can't be because, one, you're in prep mode, so I don't even know how hard you're really going, and, two, back-to-back plays. But some of these injuries, both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards get the ACL. Justice Hill had, like, the Achilles. Like, they are just snake bit, man. I mean, like, Josh Josh Jacobs might be questionable with a toe. <laughs> I was like, these guys, I mean, these poor Raven guys. I mean, when you get injured, can you not do these ACLs and Achilles? Harbaugh just must be putting up his hands. He goes, what's happening here? So the report yesterday was that the Ravens cut practice short because yes. on back-to-back plays, <laughs> Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters tore ACLs. Hurt, and then they both ended up being ACLs, which is unbelievable. Uh, that, yeah, I've never heard of something. And like that. I'll say this, as far as Monday night's game, the Marcus Peters one, I think, is a bigger deal than the Gus Edwards Oh, one. sure. Because I think the Ravens, you can reasonably expect that offense to still be productive with Lamar Jackson and especially against this Raiders defense. But the Ravens defense, now you're talking about you're losing a cornerback. There's a big opportunity there for Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards to come through as, hey, they drafted us early in the uh, first and third rounds. We didn't do very much last year. You've got a shot in week one to come out. No Marcus Peters and actually show it was it's worth drafting them and it's worth making them the starters. <laughs> Rugs and Edwards now going in today begging Blake me the one opposite of Marlon Humphrey. Yes. Whoever's on the other side, that dude who wasn't supposed to play. Let me go over <laughs> there and I'll have like 30 catches. And the guy, you know, the bad man out like the other guys go with Marlon Humphrey's going to go. Why am I over here? What am I doing? Because <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever throw to that side of the field on Monday. night. No, I don't think you probably should either. <laughs> So I think that probably has a bigger impact on the game and it's, but it's going to come down to do the Raiders have good wide receivers. It's the, it's one of the questions we've had the entire off season because the Raiders, they made Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, the starters, and there wasn't really much of a question about that. They didn't play a single snap in the preseason because they're the starters, despite not really showing much last year. Much at all. Yeah. So week one, it's still a good defense, but they're significantly weakened at the cornerback spot. So whether it's Brian Edwards, whether it's Henry Ruggs, or a combination of the two, depending on where Marlon Humphrey lines up, you got you got to do. <laughs> you something. might just start Marlon Humphrey in the middle, and at the last second he'll go to one of the sides. Like, oh, we threw to the wrong side. Listen, if let's just say if Marlon Humphrey covers Brian Edwards most of the game, well, then Henry Ruggs better have a big game. If we look back and Henry Ruggs is not getting open, yeah, that's, that's a an massive issue. problem. Yes, right. If he can't get open against the Ravens' backup cornerback in this who, case, who, by the way, I've absolutely no, no clue, clue who that is. I don't either. I have no, no idea who that yeah. is. Don't don't know. <laughs> no. 
But if he can't get open against that, we're looking back saying, okay, who is he going to get open right. against? Right. Because that's going to be the issue. If he, if, and again, and it, it could be the other way. It could be if Marlon Humphrey's on Henry Ruggs most of the game. And Brian Edwards better get open. If Brian Edwards is, right. is not getting open against the backup corner, then. Yeah, it's, that's uh, there's something wrong. Right. So I think that's a, a big question for this game is how good can these wide receivers be without Marcus Peters out there? All right. I think I asked you the same exact question yesterday, but I'm going to ask it again. Do you think Richie Incognito plays on Monday? I'm going to say no. It's a calf. He wasn't out there again yesterday. I'm going to head out there today. Tomorrow, obviously, there's no... Uh, the oh, Gruden's the only one available tomorrow. And Sunday, there's no availability. I'll say on a... Th- yesterday was Thursday. He's still not out there. I'll say no. Do you think he has to be a participant in practice today to play on Monday? Yes. If he's not out there today, then I don't think he plays. Because yeah. then you'd be looking at only Saturday and Sunday where I assume they're not going to do much of anything. We've only seen did not participate. So I think the updated one is today. They didn't have to do it yesterday because it's a Monday game instead of a Sunday game. So, I mean, I look, the best he's going to be on a report would be doubtful. I would oh, think no, I they mean, had one out yesterday. It was questionable. They, okay. They my bad. All I saw report. was did yeah. not participate. Questionable. Well, it's better than doubtful, but I still don't think it. I still think if we go there today and he's not out there, I can't believe he's playing on it's Monday. It's going to be hard to imagine if he's not because there today. Because he hasn't practiced in three weeks. No. It's not like, oh, he's only. Like Josh Jacobs, oh, he missed Monday right. or something. And then, he's out oh, there yesterday. Right. And he's back out there. Yeah. It's, it's fine. He's playing. Richie Incognito has missed three weeks now of practice. Now, and, I know Tashawn Reed, I don't know if you saw it. Tashawn Reed tweeted yesterday that a big man who looks like Richie Incognito is running on a treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> which I think was like on the second story yes, overlooking the yes. practice field. There are treadmills up there. So, uh, most people during the practice are on the field. So if it was a man that size, it was probably, Richie it was probably Richie incognito. <laughs> now you're, now you're getting me to change my mind. If that man was on a treadmill because it's a calf injury. I'm just, so if he was actually running and not walking slowly, <laughs> then he might actually have a chance. That's a big man on a treadmill. That's, I'm just telling you <laughs> what Deshaun Reed tweeted. I don't, wow. I, I don't know if that's accurate or not. It's just him apparently looking I mean, up to find that treadmill. I got to walk out by Tashawn and see what his reporting skills are because I did not notice a big man. I know there's <laughs> treadmills up there, but I did not notice a big man you up there. You did not notice no. a big man on the treadmill. And my reporting skills usually come back with, you know, big, fast, strong. Here, here you go. Here's the tweet that he said. Richie Incognito isn't practicing today. He hasn't practiced since suffering a calf injury in the second joint practice with the Rams. That was a while ago. A large man who looks like him is jogging on a treadmill in the weight room, though. <laughs> I do have to say, I'm disappointed you didn't come up with this. This is right up your alley for reporting. It was really hot out there yesterday. <laughs> I barely walked around. I was giving Cassie Soto a hard time the entire time, like when she was shooting the video uh, and updates on the boyfriend. So I didn't, I didn't, Tashawn did a better job than to walk to where the weight room is and to look in there. So, yeah, bad, bad reporting by me. Look, if Deshaun saw a man, like I said, if a man that size in there, it's him. Everyone else is on the field. A large man who looks like him. Now I'm changing my mind. If he was on a treadmill, he might actually have a chance to play. If he was running on a treadmill, it's a calf injury. Jogging on a treadmill. Don't know know what. Uh, I mean, jogging could be setting the treadmill to like at a 2.5 and you're like barely moving. It's not like a six where you're going. Yeah, it's not a six where you're going or an eight where you're really going. So um, I still think if it's. He was questionable. I'm going to say, I'm going to be with you and uh, I'll go out there today. But if he's not out there today, I can't believe on Monday night he's playing. You got to look in the treadmill. 
gotta, I will. I will look in the treadmill and text you if I see him. But <laughs> I didn't look. I mean, the Rams were kind of a while ago. Right. It was three weeks. Uh, yeah. That's, so that's, that's the thing. That's it's, a long time for him not even be on the right. field. Like, I think we're probably going to have many times this season where Richie Incognito or somebody else, they don't practice a lot of times during the week, but they play on Sunday because it's Richie Incognito. He's like, well, what is he, like 36? Yeah. It's fine. But for it to have been three weeks since he's right. practiced with the team, yeah, that's that to me is the big thing. Not so much that he wasn't necessarily practicing yesterday. It's that it's been three weeks since anybody's seen him practice. Someone said exactly what you said at practice yesterday. We're sitting there watching the offensive line. We're like, oh, no incognito. I, it might have been Vinny. It might have been someone who said, ah, it doesn't matter. He said he can play. It's Richie Incognito. Like, okay. you have to tell him what to do on Monday night. But if you have a really bad calf, it might matter because, you know, pushing off and everything you had to do. So we'll see. They both. If he can play, he should play. Absolutely. Hello, Johnny Simpson. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you you just I mean, watched last night's game where Vita Vea is just bl- blowing through the Cowboys' wow. interior I know we're going to get to that line. game, but, but how about that guy? Yeah, like you don't want that to happen. That <laughs> no. could happen to you in yes, this game, especially exactly. if Richie Incognito's not there. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into the Buccaneers and Cowboys. Make sure you guys are listening. In this hour, we're going to give you a chance to win 100 bucks thanks to Dollar Loan Center, and all you're going to have to do is pick a few winners from the NFL games this weekend. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. I've known Dak a long time and have so much respect for him as a person and a man. And, you know, what he did at Mississippi State was legendary. And uh, he's just a tremendous football player, a tremendous leader. You know, it's a shame he had to play Brady. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Ed, is Dak back? Dak's are the, back. Are the Dak's Cowboys back? back? Dak, the Cowboys offense is back. <laughs> they cannot stop any of us. There's no more Andy Dalton or uh, Ben no, DiNucci running no, the show? No, Dak is back. Dak, they looked good offensively. The uh, Dak attack is back. Other than they couldn't run the ball. But, uh, yeah, Kellen Moore calling for 60-something passes. Uh, I thought Dak looked really good. I thought he was fine. They did the receivers. If you're the Raiders and you're sitting there watching Amari Cooper, like maybe you shouldn't let that guy go. <laughs> How good, I mean, it does show you, like, man, Amari Cooper with Dak is really, really good and um I thought they were good, man. Offensively, they had issues other way, other places. All right, well, hold on. Let's go down the receiver route because you just had a game that featured Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown on one team. Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb, uh, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. Gallup got hurt. He got game. hurt on the other team. And if you look at that, the Raiders once had Amari Cooper on the team. They once had Antonio Brown on the team, and they picked Henry Ruggs over C.D. Lamb. Will any of the Raiders wide receivers have a game as good as any of those wide receivers had last night? Maybe Gallup, he got hurt. But you know what? Gallup, before he went out, had five or six catches. Oh, I think I think any of the Raiders wide receivers can rival what Mike Evans did last <laughs> night. Yeah, I would I'm still, not salty about picking him in my fantasy team. I, I still would. If it's Monday night, three days after the game, and you said, do you want these two or Mike Evans? I'd still say I'll take Mike Evans on the Raiders. So... Amari Cooper, 13 for 139, two touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, 7 for 104 and a touchdown. Antonio Brown, 5 for 121 and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, 9 for 105 and a touchdown. Like, 
That was an insane game in terms of the passing yards that was racked up oh, by both teams. Amazing. But are the Raiders going to get anywhere close to that production from their receivers? And you you look at it, they're going to need that from at least one of these guys. They're yeah, because need... you know Waller's going to get it, right. but you need a receiver. Waller's going to be good. But if you're like last night was a good example of what the NFL is at its best. When you have good quarterbacks and good offenses that don't care about running the ball, they don't care about establishing the run because throwing the ball is more efficient. Throwing the ball is more effective. You want to be passing a lot, maybe not 62 times, but you want to be passing the ball a lot. And do the Raiders have good enough receivers to do that? We're going to see another year where John Gruden tries to establish the run and John Gruden tries to control the clock and they play a low possession game. But if the Raiders are going to be at their best, if this offense is going to be good, they're going to have to have Henry Ruggs have games like CeeDee Lamb had last night. They're going to have to have Brian Edwards have games like Amari Cooper had last night. And I don't know. How, they'll do it sometimes. I mean, they're the starting wide Not receivers. consistently. They'll have some games where they go over 100 yeah, yards. Not consistently. I don't, I don't think consistently. Yeah, that's the question. How often? Like, can you rely on those two to go get you, you know, 70 yards each per game? Right. If you can do that, then you're in decent yeah. shape. Yeah. Because Waller's going to be great. Right. But if we're looking at the end of the year and it's like ugh, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, were there was a lot of 32 like, yard games. Right. Then we're going to have some problems with the offense, because, again, you look at last night and the wide receivers were excellent no, in terrific. that game. And the Raiders had two of those guys on their roster and drafted Henry Ruggs over another. Now, oh, man, that Antonio Brown play. Well, the very, very rarely will my wife watch a game with me because as a Cowboys, she knows a Cowboy fan. She goes, yeah, I'll watch with you. And like after after the touchdown, she's like, can you believe he went from the hot air balloon to this? Because <laughs> she's such a she's such a hard knocks person. And I'm like, yeah, that's the same guy. She goes, man, he did good for himself. I go, yeah, he's got a ring. And now he's catching touchdowns again. His from feet Thomper. are normal His again. His feet are normal. I mean, let me ask you this, because obviously the Raiders have a better person at this position. But are you, either of you, amazed, or am I overshooting here, that how good Gronk continues to be? Yeah, he's incredible. I mean, he's he took the year off, and maybe someone told me last night, I was talking on the phone, somebody said, did it, you know, the year off might have helped the body and all that, but to just kind of roll off the couch <laughs> and do what he does, like, he's incredible. Like, and he's such a goofball off the field, he's making one-handed catches, he's catch, he's, he's blocking, he's amazing. Yes, he he he's 32. He's just amazing. Like if, he doesn't have a thirty-two-year-old body. I'm sure it's right. a lot older than that. He he took if he hadn't taken that year off. Like Rob Gronkowski's the best tight end that I've seen play in yeah. the last two decades or whatever it is. He's the best tight He's end. He's amazing. I've seen play. Now his career hasn't been that long because right. he played what seven or eight years in New England and then retired for a year and now two in Tampa. But he's the best yeah. tight end that I've seen play and. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous the passing options the Buccaneers have. Uh, it's absurd the, the options they have. So for him to still be as good as he is, yeah, it's not that surprising. Hell, I love last night when he basically intercepted the touchdown pass from Chris well, Godwin. I, I was just going to say, my very next statement was, on his first touchdown catch, he just kind of stood there and like looked around and like, oh, I'll take it. And Godwin's probably like, uh, it, it might have been Godwin kind of gave him the look, and then he nodded and Gronk was able to spike the ball. Yes. But it's like, yeah, he just kind of ran, he blocked someone, and he just kind of turned around with his hands on. Brady goes, I'll throw it to Godwin. And Gronk goes, no, I'll take it. I mean... I'm sorry. I was watching him, and and I am, I'm beyond impressed with a guy who knows a first ballot Hall of Famer, and you know he's one of the best tight ends ever. Because I'm just like, man, maybe because you know he's so goofy off the field, but man, when he's on the field, he's the guy's an amazing player. Do you think the Cowboys win the NFC East this year? Yes, I do. I think I'm. I think I'm all in on I the do. Cowboys winning the NFC East. 
The NFC's bad. After yeah. the after after Washington, I mean, you should you should get at least three out of four wins against the other two, if not sweep them. So there are what two good units in the NFC East? The Washington defense and is the, very good. Yes, and the Cowboys offense and the Dallas offense is yeah. very good. Yeah. After that, maybe the Washington offense is competent with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe the Dallas defense is fine. I mean. They only gave up 31 points to Tampa Bay last night. Like it's yeah. not, I mean, it felt like they were getting torched, but they didn't really get that torched last night. I guess no. they did have three turnovers. That helps quite a bit, but it's not like, yeah. Tampa, it's not like Tampa Bay gave up 45 or Dallas gave up 45. They got really fortunate on the fumble going they in. Did. That was, they, did. they got, that was fortunate. There. But it's, those are the two teams. And it's, it's really, I think it's probably going to come down to which of the team's worst unit actually is competent this year. I mean, I think they're going to win the East. They're going to get to the playoffs and I think it'll be a short visit unless their defense gets a lot better. Yeah. And I have no faith the defense gets better. Yeah. Cause I, I just don't. Well, I mean, wait, they get in, they'd be in the like four or five. Yeah. I just don't. Their defense. They, just they might be it. a, they might be a division winner. That's got a home game against a wild, wild card. And maybe their offense is good enough to win yeah. one game. Right. So, yeah, we'll see what it is. But, but if that's the offense we get to watch every week, that'll be cool. Because that, that's the other key here. Tampa Bay's defense is one of the five best yes, in the league. Yes, And Dallas couldn't run the ball last no, night. No, Zeke couldn't do anything. But right. no, nobody could run the ball on Tampa Bay last year. Right. Nobody's probably going to run the ball on Tampa Bay very much this year. That's perfectly fine. Ezekiel Elliott, they're going to run the ball more effectively pretty much every game the rest of the season. But to throw it around on Tampa Bay like that, as much as Dak and that offense did, it, it's impressive. It's genuinely impressive that they did that. That And if you just look in the division, Washington's defense is good. It's right up there with Tampa Bay. But after that. I think that, they'll score against yeah, Washington. I do too. They'll torch Philly. They'll and, torch and the, the Giants. Giants. Yeah. Uh, in my media fights that I've been coming up with, I would I would favor Vea over everybody. Because <laughs> that guy could literally run through a wall and be fine. Who's who looks bigger on a treadmill, Richie Incognito oh, or Vea. Vita Vea? Vea, for sure. There's no question. Did you see some of the bull rushes? Oh my god! And he's not moving small men. No, <laughs> he's moving 300 he's pound moving men. The large men on the treadmill. Yes, he's, he's moving just them out of the way. <laughs> just push them to the backfield. All right, coming up next, Austin Gale joins the show. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. It's different because it's bigger, of course. Um, another reason is it's different because it doesn't have the white stripes on the side, so you can't see the ball coming in from the tip of the point. So now you actually have to look for the strings on the ball at the top, which is a little hard to see because the whole ball is brown, and then you have like six strings that's, that's white. Um, but... For the most part, you know what I'm saying? You just got to get used to it. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Austin Gale. So, Austin, before we get into anything that happened last night, is Jamar Chase going to be fine, or is the whole uh, ball being brown going to affect him as an NFL wide receiver? He's going to be fine. I do think his public <laughs> comments are probably the most concerning part of that. Like, you just don't say that. I think he's learning <laughs> as a young player in the media that, you know, you, you will have people, you know, jump at that at every step of the way, but every, from a data perspective, all signs point to him bouncing back from a drops perspective. These are focus drops, not ball skills. There's two different types of drops, focus drops, and then bad ball skills. Bad ball skills are when you're approaching the ball poorly and not attacking it in the right way and dropping the football. He does not have those it's focus drops. It's very similar to honestly, Amari Cooper. You know, Amari Cooper is a guy that a lot of people talk about drops with, 
who he just struggles with focus drops. He's always thinking of the next thing. I think Jamar Chase is in a very similar spot. Obviously, focus drops mount when you have more and more because you start to think about it more and you start to you know have these, these different pressures. So I'm not worried about Jamar Chase, just like I'm not worried about CeeDee Lamb. You know, CeeDee Lamb had a handful of drops in that game last night, too. And it's like drops are very noisy. They're not consistent week over week or year over year. And all signs point to Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb being just fine from a drops perspective. Yeah. That's when the PR guy in the back is frantically waving his arms like, stop the interview, stop the interview. He's talking about uh, the white stripes on the balls. Um, he'll get better at that. So let's get to tomorrow night. Or excuse me, last night. Um, we are sitting here saying we are all in on Dak and that offense. Obviously, they couldn't run the ball. Few do against Tampa Bay. Are you all in on the offense? Were you before? And what do you think now? I'm all in on the offense. I'm all in the offense on both sides. I mean, Tampa Bay's offense is going to be one of the hardest in football to stop. They had one of the best offensive lines in football. And Tristan Worsten didn't play well yesterday, and they still did a really good job of protecting Tom Brady. Alex Kappa had a very good game. Ryan Jensen, Donovan Smith. Like, this offensive line is good. Oh, wait, and they have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Giovanni Bernard. This is too good of a football team. I'll say it right now. It's a cheat code. It's honestly a cheat code. And then you have Tom Brady still throwing darts out there. That, that pass to Gronkowski, pass Micah Parsons, was so impressive. You have that drop of a bucket, Antonio Brown on the double move. Like, this is a legitimate juggernaut of a team. I thought Kellen Moore, you know, the offensive play caller for the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, played a phenomenal game. They went toe-to-toe with the reigning Super Bowl champions, who should be – they were nine-point favorites for a reason. They're that good of a team on paper. I really do think I respect what the Dallas Cowboys did and how close that game was. And Tampa Bay had five turnovers in that game, none of which were Brady's fault, in my opinion, and still came out with the win. That just goes to show how unstoppable this team really is. So what can Dallas do this year? Do you think they win the NFC East, and is that sort of the ceiling for them with that defense? Yeah, I I think they're the betting favorite right now to win the NFC East, and I think I I would bet them to win the NFC East. A lot of people, I think the trendy pick in the offseason was the Washington football team, but here's my take. This is my betting take every single time. I want to bet on the best freaking quarterback. Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the NFC East, and it's not even close. It's not close at all. And obviously, he didn't look 100% yesterday. I think there's reasons to believe his ankle still isn't 100%. There's reason to believe his shoulder isn't 100%. But still, he put together one of the best performances of his career against what I also think is a top-three defense in the NFL. I mean, they have so much talent on the back end. Yes, they lost Sean Murphy Bunting with a dislocated elbow, but they still put on a show on the back end. Their pass rush is magnificent. Vita Vea is back healthy. And Dak Prescott looks really good. This offensive line looks good. So I do believe the Dallas Cowboys win the NFC East. And it's, they're going to be a good football team. They were supposed to be last year. You know, the NFC East was the butt of every single joke in the NFL last year because Dak Prescott was hurt. And they were starting Andy Dalton. Like now they're starting Dak Prescott. And if he plays a full 17-game season, not only will he win comeback play of the year, but also lead the Dallas Cowboys to the playoffs as the NFC East champion. Uh, Ravens are here Monday night for Monday Night Football. Ridiculous injuries. We've never heard of what happened yesterday with Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters back-to-back ACLs. Let's start on the offensive side. We assume Tyson Williams starts now, even though they've brought in Bell and others. Have you ever seen these kind of injuries, and what do you expect Monday night in terms of Lamar now rushing and also Tyson Williams in terms of carries? Can I say this? This is The running back injuries for the Baltimore Ravens, have a bigger fantasy football impact than they do a real-life football impact. For both those injuries, the Baltimore Ravens were plus 110 to win the AFC North. They're still plus 110. Their win total is the same. They're still four-point favorites over the Raiders. Running back injuries, though impactful in fantasy football, are not actually moving market lines or market expectations 
for this Baltimore Ravens team. Now, Marcus Peters' injury is actually significant, and I was surprised to not see even this line against Las Vegas move a, a, a tad with Marcus Peters out. They have a very talented secondary, and they have a good pass rush. They'll mitigate some of that loss of Marcus Peters. Offensively, Lamar Jackson's going to run the football more, but I also think you're going to see good things from Tyson Williams. I think Latavius Murray, so why they signed him and Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell, it's because they signed Freeman and Bell and found out both those guys aren't as in game shape as Murray is. I think Murray could even see the field as soon as, you know, this weekend, if it's possible. If not, Tyson Williams gets more, uh, you know, the bulk majority of the carries. With Marcus Peters out, how good do you expect Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards to be given they'll get to go up against a lesser cornerback more often? I mean, they, they have to improve. Obviously, you have Marlon Humphrey still there, and Marlon Humphrey, I think, is one of the most, you know, one of the best defensive players in the league. I think if Defensive Player of the Year was actually given to cornerbacks that don't just have interceptions, he'd be in the running every single year. I also think they have a good safety tandem. This pass rush is good. I, I don't think this, Baltimore, you know, this Raiders team is all that ready to put up a ton of points against a very good Baltimore Ravens defense. John Martindale, one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. The Ravens on the road are four-point favorites for a reason. I think it's because they have the advantage on both sides of the ball, offensive and defense. You think the Cleveland Browns are winning that division? So I would bet the Browns, I think, to win that division just because I am confident in them on both sides of the ball. But I, I don't know. I think it's still the Ravens' division to lose. They're the betting favorite for a reason. It all comes down to, I think, Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski, and OBJ. You know, can this offense be as good as it was down the stretch last year, you know, in the last six weeks of the season, Baker Mayfield was the second highest graded quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers, according to PFF. If he maintains that level of play with Odell Beckham Jr. back, with the best offensive line in football, with a very good defense, this is a team to beat in the AFC. It's a team that can compete with the Chiefs, can compete with the Bills and the Ravens, obviously. So I'm really excited for this AFC North. I think the Steelers are going to see some positive regression. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to like them as one of the better divisions in football. It's going to be toe-to-toe, in my, opinion, in my opinion, between Baltimore and Cleveland to win that one. But it'll also be interesting to see the improvement from Cincinnati and the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you go to the AFC West, we were talking about this yesterday. Obviously, KC would be the prohibitive favorite. But Raiders, we know about. We cover them. Broncos, if Bridgewater does anything, and you know the ceiling for Herbert, we don't know yet. So we went back and forth on who is the second-best team. Who do you think is? Right now, according to PFS Power Rankings, the Las Vegas Raiders are actually the second-best team in the AFC West. A lot of that baking in so much newness for the Los Angeles Chargers and uncertainty of Justin Herbert taking this next step. I think I would go against PFS model and say the Los Angeles Chargers are the second-best team. I believe in Brandon Staley as a coach. I think Derwin James, if healthy, is one of the best safeties in the NFL, if not the best safety. Their pass rush is top-notch. This Chargers team, if Justin Herbert plays as well or even takes a slight step forward in 2021 – should be the second-best team in the AFC West. Now, the Las Vegas Raiders have a lot more certainty, you know, a higher floor in a sense that they know what Derek Carr is. We know what this defense is. We know what we're going to get from the Las Vegas Raiders. So I think that's why we see some of that certainty baked into PFS model. But from a Vegas perspective, you look at the market, there's a, you know, the, the, the market is fading the Las Vegas Raiders. They, I think, have the sixth-lowest win total projection of any team in the NFL and also the fifth-lowest playoff odds. So there are teams like the Jags, Jets, and Eagles, and Texans, and Lions all below. That's it. Behind the Raiders in terms of making the playoffs this year, which I think is um, a very interesting market to bet on. Austin, I wanted to ask you a college football question. What was your biggest takeaway from that Clemson-Georgia game? Uh, Clemson's offensive line is really, really bad, and it's an area where they need to improve from a recruiting perspective. Georgia's defense is as advertised. This is a defense that's loaded with multiple drafts 
prospects that should be top 100 players in the near future, Nicobe Dean, Adam Anderson, the back end. And this is a Georgia team, too, that wasn't even 100% healthy. They didn't have Tyke Smith, the transfer from West Virginia. Offensively, they were down a handful of playmakers for JT Daniels. Georgia looks like a juggernaut, one that should be able to compete with Alabama, the favorites win the national championship right now, whereas Clemson, they may not lose a game the rest of the season because they don't have a very you know, talented schedule left. The ACC is not all that strong. But still, I would not be betting Clemson against Alabama or Georgia in the college football playoff if it did come to another rematch. So right now, would right. you say Georgia is the second-best team outside of Alabama in college football? Yeah, I would. I think, I think Georgia is the second-best team right behind Alabama. I put Ohio State at three. And those are the three teams I think are competing for a national championship this year. We can have fun and put the Cinderella dance shoes on for uh, Cincinnati and some of these at Coastal Carolina if you're really feeling it, but it doesn't matter. This, there's no parity in college football. There's three or four teams that are, should be winning it every year, and the three best teams right now are Alabama, Georgia, and uh, Ohio State. Uh, what did you think, uh, what do you see from Alabama in terms of any sort of weaknesses that those teams might capitalize on? And this quarterback, obviously, he just rolls in another one. Can you compare him to others you've seen at Alabama? I know it's just one game, but he looked pretty good. Yeah, the only, the only weakness, really, in my opinion, is the inexperience at quarterback and at receiver. You know, I think this is, so I, I think I said this recently, it's one of the worst receiving units Alabama's had in the last five years. It's still top five in the nation, but it's still one of the worst <laughs> ones they've had. And Bryce Young is an inexperienced quarterback. Is he talented? Absolutely. Did he ball out against Miami? 100%. But in it, you know, when you talk, I talked to a ton of college coaches this offseason, you know, I think 30 or 40. The biggest thing they talk about in the quarterback position, specifically in college football, is experience. So many people chase veteran presences under center at quarterback because it matters. Like having experience matters in college and in the NFL. And because you obviously only have these guys for three or four years, you rarely get experience under center. And that's what Alabama doesn't have. They don't really have that at receiver. They have that transfer, Jameson Williams from Ohio State. They have John Mechie, but still they're looking for more experience on both sides of the ball, really, for Alabama. It's a reload year, not a rebuild year. Alabama doesn't rebuild, but it is a reload year for Alabama, you see a lot of young talent on both sides of the ball. So that inexperience is one area. I still don't think it's enough to bet against them to win the college football playoff, though. He is Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. Austin, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Austin. Absolutely. Thank you. Great stuff. All right, here's what we got. We got $100 that we're giving away. Dollar Loan Center, Friday Football Frenzy. It's back. Did it last year. Ed and Clay were doing it before I even existed here. 100 bucks. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to take a call during like this break. You've been doing it for like 30 years. Yeah, it's whatever. Ed and Clay were on the air for like six decades, right? So here's six what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to take a caller, and all you're going to have to do is pick the winner of three NFL games. Now, I'm going to give you the three NFL games, but you just have to pick the winner of all three games. If you do that, you win 100 bucks thanks to Dollar Loan Center. If you don't, it rolls over, and next week when we do this, there will be $200 to give away. So we're going to take... The fifth caller right now at 702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100. The fifth caller is playing for 100 bucks. On first down, Brady, play action, screen left, dropped, and intercepted off the hands of Fournette and picked out of the air by Trayvon Diggs. And how about that? Brady goes back, steps up in the pocket. There it goes, deep in the end zone. The ball is up in the air, intercepted, and being returned by the Cowboys to the 30, to the 40, to the 50, and there's the tackle made at the 44-yard line. 
We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Friday football frenzy is back, brought to you by Dollar Loan Center. Don't be broke.com. We have $100 every week to give away. All you got to do is pick three winners of three NFL games every week that somebody doesn't pick three games correctly. That rolls over into the next week. So there could be $200, $300, and so on. I believe last year we got up to eight or $900 because we had eight or nine straight weeks without a winner. Uh, but for week one, we've got Buddy on the line. All right, Buddy, your first game, Packers at Saints. Definitely going to go Packers on this one. All right. Second game for you is Jags at Texans. Man, this one's a hard one. I know Houston should be the worst team in the NFL this year. Uh, Jags rookie QB. Uh, he looked horrible in preseason, but you know what? Let's go with another road, Jags. All right. We got you in for the Jags and the Packers so far. The last one for you is Seahawks at Colts. Well, I'm a homer in this one, so I'm going Seahawks. All right. So all, right, all three road teams. If the Packers, yeah. Jags, and Seahawks all win, you'll get $100, buddy. If not, somebody else will be playing for $200 next week. Good luck, buddy. Good luck, buddy. So. Don't know what that was, but buddy should come on and just evaluate all games. <laughs> he told us about uh, Lawrence not being very good and the Texans being the worst team in the league. So good. good, buddy. Packers, Jags, and Seahawks are his yeah. picks. And again, for everybody else, you guys should be cheering against Buddy because that means you get an extra hundred bucks you could play for next week. Three roadies. Yeah, that's right. So we'll see if he gets all three. Tech are the Packers technically a road game? It's in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, kind of neutral site there. So it's all about the, the jerseys. Picks. We'll be doing this every Friday. Thanks to Dollar Loan Center and Don'tBeBroke.com. Now, Ed, I do got to ask you about baseball. Just because we get Dodgers and Padres. Oh, two one yesterday. Oh, no. no I was we're doing that at 945. Dodgers and Padres. Yeah, it's this weekend. It's this weekend. I know they're like 13 behind, <laughs> yeah. but still fun. They're sitting in the still second fun. wild card right now. We'll see. Playoff preview. Yeah, I mean, I'm liking their <laughs> chance this weekend. They get um, uh, Urias Bueller and Scherzer, so I kind of like at least two out of three. What to happened to White? Yeah, he that, that bum was the other day. Um, <laughs> anywho. Uh, some guy, <laughs> some guy, I got it. Oh, oh, Zerline last night, he misses the kick and I'm screaming and Bonnie looks over me. She goes, is this Bellinger? Is he a bum too? I go, yes, this is, this is my version of belly. This is a bum, but, uh, it'll be an interesting weekend at the house Sunday. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll pay attention to everything, but Sunday, one of the few days I'll everybody watch all NFL all time. Cause I'm, there's no Raiders game. Saturday. Well, I mean, Tyler, we get the big, uh, UNLV at Arizona oh, state uh -oh. game. I mean, that's going to be on one of your TVs. Tonight I gotta I gotta watch it tonight. I'll watch it tonight until they go down, and then I gotta I gotta flip. I gotta until flip. they go until down. they go down. Come if on. it's one zero in the first, man, I'm gonna be gripping. Come on, the Dodgers <laughs> are like I'm gonna be gripping at one zero in the first. Gripping. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 unlike anything that when the wife heard that it's a three game series against the Padres this this weekend, she goes, "God, I hope there's football on." I said, "Yes, there is football." How many Dodgers games have you been to in person as a fan? Oh. A lot as a as a kid and stuff. Yeah, I was at. Uh, okay, what about recent? Like the last five years, how many Dodger games have you been to in person? Took my softball team a couple times, so I'd say four. Were you that insane watching them in person? No, not at all, not at all. <laughs> well, at, at a few two times I was with 
Well, they weren't children. They were 12 to 14. So, but no, I didn't want to act like a complete lunatic. Like this guy's our coach. Like he's not even this crazy on the field. <laughs> uh, no, I was not. Uh, no, I, for some reason, that's a great question. I know I don't go crazy when I'm watching them in person. There's too much atmosphere around. You're having your hot dogs. I mean, there's just when you're at home alone and the family has left because they know the game's on. It's much easier <laughs> to go. Left. Yeah, well, the other part of the house, but yeah, they they go away. So yeah, um, it's much easier when I'm alone. You probably too. I mean, okay, when the Astros went back to back and you're there last week with your girlfriend, you're probably excited. Was it Cronworth on a walk off? Yeah, Cronworth. Okay. Like, what did you do at that moment? Oh, I stayed sitting. Okay, seated you stayed while Everybody sitting. else stood up and cheered. Yes, and you just... stayed sitting, but you didn't go, you weren't like a lunatic like no. I would have been at the house. No. no. I don't usually, I see, like, a lot. I'm not usually a lunatic over, like, a walk-off home run. I'm usually a lunatic over, like, he walked back-to-back yes, -back hitters walked in, yes. on 10 oh, pitches yeah. or something, and it's like, yes. just throw a strike, you yeah. moron. That drives me crazy when they come in, and the only thing they don't do is throw yes. strikes. And that it's, drives me nuts. Like, okay, when... The things that get me mad are not, oh, the other team made a good play. It's your oh, teams. These morons booted a ground ball right. or, oh, like the ball bounced off the third base bag and they got a free hit out. Just stupid crap is what makes me stupid angry. makes you mad. Yeah, The walk off home run, Stanek threw it right down the middle on a 2-2 pitch. <laughs> ridiculous but like it doesn't get me as mad because Cronenworth just cranked one it wasn't like the Astros made an error to lose it 